as I'm sort of exploring a lot of the VA Facebook groups, some of the common panic comments that I see is like, OMG, I've lost my job. I need VA clients yesterday. Like I'm losing money. That energy is not a good energy to start anything with, let alone working for yourself in a virtual assistant business. What I recommend is start your virtual assistant business before you financially need it. Welcome to the Wonderless Virtual Assistant Podcast. I'm Rebecca, VA coach, business author, and digital nomad. Through empowered mentorship, I coach women to embrace their dreams and build a virtual assistant biz that unleashes their freedom. On today's episode, I dive into the most common financial fears around starting a VA business. Should you invest in the business? Do you quit your nine to five? How much money can you make as a VA? And many more questions. Let's begin. So today's live training is on tackling those VA financial fears, because here's the thing, what I really want to continue to do with these live trainings, I really want to normalize all the like shit that goes on in our heads when we want to start a new business, become virtual assistants, try something new. And one of the biggest fears that comes up is around finances. And so I really kind of want to talk about, you know, do you leave your nine to five or do you start it as a side hustle? What sort of things should you invest in? When should you invest? How much are you going to make as a virtual assistant? How do you do your taxes? All of these things that are around money, because we all know money is what makes the world go round. And therefore, because it's so important, we can have some fears around it. So I'm also going to give you some tools that you can go through. And in fact, the Laptop Freedom Programs is one of the first things that we do as well. And that's what we're going to start with. So we're going to start with the concept that we do in the program called taking inventory. Here's the thing about being your own boss. You have to start to stare your bank account, your credit card bill, your expenses in the face. So things like planning for your retirement or um, health insurance or all of these things are now going to be your responsibility. So if you're someone who kind of skirts around checking your finances or crosses your fingers whenever you look at your bank statement or maybe you pull bank out of the ATM and you say, nope, I don't want a receipt because I don't want to see things. It's time to stare at our finances and it's scary at first, but as you get used to it, as you get more empowered and as you start to work for yourself, it actually becomes something quite liberating. Um, and if we can become friendly with our money, then we have a bit more say and control over it as well. So what we do in the Laptop Freedom Program is we call we do something what we call taking inventory. Because what's important is when you're embarking on a new business or plan and you think you're being controlled by financial fears, let's get realistic about what's going on right now so that you can plan for where you want to be. So Taking inventory of your three kind of main expenses, personal, business expenses, and lifestyle expenses. 
So personal expenses are loans, car payment payments, um, student payments that you have to do, uh, maybe house mortgage payments, those kind of things. So write all of those down. They might like, you know, um, any of those bills that are personal. Lifestyle bills are like rent, utilities, uh, cable, internet, phone, those kind of things that are around you being able to like live your life. Um, per, so the personal ones are, are um, expenses that some people might not have. Some people might not have car payments. Some people might not have student loans and all that kind of stuff. And then the third expenses that you need to kind of write down and track are your business expenses. So when you're starting off as a VA, those aren't necessarily very high. Um, and as you're in business, you'll learn more and more about what you can expense. But some examples are maybe you pay for more space in your Google Drive or you pay for Canva Pro, those kind of expenses, those monthly expenses that you want to track. Get those all out. And I know it sucks going into your credit card payment or your bank account online and pulling all of those things out. But if you can really track those monthly expenses, then you can get a sense of, okay, what's the break even point? Every month, what is the minimum that I have to earn in order to survive? And therefore I know what kind of risks I can take in starting a new business. Some of you might have jobs that you are earning more than you need for those expenses and that's amazing. And as virtual assistants, that's also the goal. But of course, when we're starting something new, it's good if we prepare for something, potential, uh, uh, making less. Hopefully you don't, but you get to prepare for it, right? So going into becoming a virtual assistant, some of you, you know, might you might be ready to take the leap. Here's the thing, as I'm sort of exploring a lot of the VA Facebook groups, some of the common panic comments that I see is like, OMG, I've lost my job, I need VA clients yesterday. Like, I'm losing money. That energy is not a good energy to start anything with, let alone working for yourself in a virtual assistant business. What I recommend is start your virtual assistant business before you financially need it. So whether you start it while you're still working another job that can like support you and keep those bills come, paid off and that money kind of coming in so we can stay calm, so we can have fun, you know, all of these things or to start your virtual assistant business with a bit of a savings. Whenever we take these scary leaps doing something new, because that's what we're doing, how can we really set ourselves up for success? And if financial fears are the big thing getting in your way, then maybe having a bit of savings that you're like, okay, this is what I save for. I save for pivoting. I save for doing something new. You know, maybe that's what you save for. Um, or you might start it before you lose your job or before you quit your job. Something to keep in mind. There's lots of women who go through the Laptop Freedom Program who are like, I quit, let's go, like I'm going all in and that's their style and it works well for them. And there's also that opportunity as well. So next move when we're taking inventory and starting your virtual assistant business, 
which of your expenses can you call? Can you pause? Can you deprioritize? Can you put on hold? So let's say you're going into virtual assistant business, whether you are investing in a program or you want to leave your nine to five, all of these little things that are like, Ooh, I'm getting financially nervous. What, what expenses, monthly expenses can you pause? Netflix, the um, subscription for, the only subscription I can think of right now is Razors. <laughs> the Razors subscription, because Kaylee tells me that's what her husband had, and she had to pause it. Um, can you maybe use the free Spotify for four months and then go back to the paid plan? Which of your expenses, it's amazing how many of these subscriptions can sneak up on us and how they how much they add up. So let's say you've got Netflix, Disney Plus, Crave, Amazon Prime, uh, whatever, right? That's almost like that's nearing 50 bucks a month that's going into those things that maybe you can pause while you are putting that money elsewhere and starting your virtual assistant business. Starting your virtual assistant business is something that you do once. Remember, it's something that you do once. You start it once. And then you can get those things back up and going again once you're bringing in that money. And then the last step is when you're taking inventory, trust the ROI. The ROI is return on investment. When you're starting your virtual assistant business, you might get one client or two clients, but your goal is to have three or four. You might have, you might be working 20 hours a week, but your goal is 40 hours a week or 30 hours a week. And so there is going to be this, this drop that you're not used to. Trust, 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 trust the return down the road. You know, my goal always for the women to go through the Laptop Freedom Program, for example, is to make that money back directly from virtual assisting. And I know investing in yourself or investing in something that you're new with can be crazy, can be scary. You might be like, what am I doing? So I'm always careful when people ask about the program, like it's not cost, it's not what the cost is, it's not what the price is. It's what's the investment because the goal is that you make that money back, right? So you're going to see that money again. So you have to trust that return. You might have a business that has a few expenses. I know the women who go through the Laptop Freedom Program, some of them got turned off by using uh, an invoice software that they had to pay for. And it was like, oh, like I don't want to pay for an invoice software because then they invoice their clients and then there's like a fee when the payment comes off and all that kind of stuff makes them really nervous. And because this is the first time that they're earning money as a contractor, right? So you have to kind of trust you're going to make that money back. You have to trust that these are business expenses. These are all part of being in business. They're going to be blips on the radar. Remember, these are expenses that you can um, um, expense at tax time too. And you know, I always find the women who go through laptop freedom program when and they enter the alumni community, suddenly they're a lot more comfortable paying for, you know, a fancier invoice system, or maybe they're paying for like the upgraded versions of different softwares. These are things you don't have to do at the beginning. You do not have to do these things to start your virtual assistant business. But as you get more comfortable, as you're like, 
Okay, okay, I see, I see the return. I understand, I'm getting money. These are business expenses, okay. This is new, right? And this is where a lot of self-compassion has to come in. You may never have done this before. And so you're gonna have these like, oh shit, what the fuck? Oh, this is like, money's coming in, money's going out. What am I gonna do? I'm not making as much as I did at my nine to five right now. It's okay, you're trying something new. And sometimes to get forwards, we have to circle back a little bit sometimes, right? There's a lot of women, they become VAs and they explode and they don't see a drop at all. Sometimes they layer on top of that. And that's what we're going to talk about next. So what I just explained was that taking inventory. What my goal is, is that as badass boss babes, it's time for you to look at your finances. No more fear. Fall in love with making money. Fall in love with checking your bank account. Fall in love with money coming in. You know, uh, your clients paying an invoice. Turn, Go into your invoicing system and put into your settings that you want an email every time you get paid. It's like, ding, you got paid. And it's this really beautiful relationship that you have with money when you start to work for yourself. Okay, so let's now tackle some of these common fears. Do you leave your nine to five or do you start a virtual assistant side hustle? This is totally up to the individual, and I'm going to talk about both, okay? Some of you may be in a toxic, awful, nine-to-five, you need out. Then I would suggest starting your virtual assistant business while you're at your nine-to-five and trying to, using that as motivation to try to transfer out. Some of you have a nine-to-five job you really, really love, and you just want some extra cash to put in that savings account or pay off the house or whatever. Side hustle could be really awesome for that as well. I'm always careful when women message me and they're like, I don't know if virtual assisting is the career I want. <laughs> career. Ugh. I don't know what you guys think when you hear career, but when I hear career, I hear like 40 years, <laughs> like, oh, like full commitment. Like they take my oldest child. <laughs> I have to sacrifice a goat. Like when I hear career, that's, that's, that's all the stuff that comes in my head. Virtual assisting can be really flexible. It can be extra money as a side hustle. It can also be you're out from your nine to five, or maybe you're a mom and you just want it as some sort of income or whatever, right? Like it is literally that flexible and I really want people to remember that. So if taking the leap, if you're really tight on money, I'd suggest staying with your nine to five and starting it as a side hustle. And then you'll find this really organic tipping point. We find that with all women in LFP. When I went through LFP, I had a really clear tipping point. I remember I woke up one day and I was like, today's the day. Today's the day I quit the nine to five and I dive fully into my, my VA clients. And so if you're like, I don't know if I should do it, I don't know if I should do it, then it's probably not the right time. You just know, you just know. But here's the other thing. If you lost your nine to five yesterday and you want to fully replace the nine to five income, VA cannot do that overnight. Vain is not an overnight fix. It takes time. There's a reason why the Laptop Freedom Program is four months. And then there's a reason why I have an ongoing alumni community. Because I really want to create space and I want to normalize that this kind of stuff takes time. It takes time. 
So don't rush it. And especially if you want to do this long term and if you don't want to like get screwed over and all that kind of stuff, it's good to sort of take your time and do it properly. Okay. How much are you going to make? I wish I could give you a lump sum number, but I can't. Here's the thing about virtual assistants, uh, virtual assistants, depending on your skill level, you can, you know, charge anywhere from 20, 25 to $50 an hour at the beginning, but really it's super up to you. Here's the thing, cool thing about virtual assistants. Here's like, and it's a crazy concept to wrap your mind around. You can like stack how much you make. So you can have clients, as many or as few as you want, doing a variety of tasks for them. They can all be at different rates for different amounts of time. You can have a client that you do one day a week with, and then you can have a big client that you do five days a week with, and then you can have two small clients that you do two days a week with. They can all be on different rates. You could be doing higher value things for all of them, and you really can stack the clients, right? So that is the cool thing about virtual assisting is that you really can make as much as you want. Starting, you know, I, I preach this all the time, starting, I want you ladies to be starting at at least 20 to $30 an hour, 25, you know, sweet spot. And then as you get clients, you start to raise your rates because the learning curve is so steep. You very quickly become higher value. And so it really is like that. It's a hard question to answer. How much can you make? Because you can learn and grow and expand so fast. And if you go into the LFP alumni community, there's social media managers, there's Pinterest, uh, managers and creators, there's web designers, like all of these things are different value, different projects. You really can make as much as you want. A really good analogy that I'm trying, that, that I learned, I heard, and I want to repeat is think of like an Uber driver. So an Uber driver can drive for like five hours a day, but then they're like, oh, you know what? Christmas is coming up. So I want to make more money. So I'm going to pick up more rides or I'm, I mean, I don't really, I've never been an Uber driver, but like I'm either going to pick up more rides or, or do longer drives, or maybe I'll do one long drive and a couple small ones because Christmas is coming up and I literally can create more money. I can earn more money. That is the really cool thing. So if you understand what your break even point is when you do in, when you do your inventory, understand your expenses, you're like, okay, this is my break even point what would that kind of be divided per hour? And then know that as you get into virtual assisting, you start to raise your rates, you start to take on more clients, you start to do higher project, higher value projects. It's really, really cool. This is why I want you to get super comfortable with staring at your bank account, become friends with your money. Because when you're in the, like in math and, and calculating with your money, then you'll have a really good sense of like, okay, I've got a client on a retainer that I do these recurring tasks for, but if I took on this one client who just needed me for a week for a really big project, I could charge them X amount for that really big project while I continued to have my retainer client and then when that week is done, maybe I bring on another client for the rest of the month.
it's literally that flexible. And I know that's not the answer you want to hear, but I hope it's empowering and gets you excited and really wants you to be like BFFs with the money coming in. Okay. Taxes. This is the other really big financial fear. Oh my God, I don't want to fuck up my taxes. That's a good fear. Luckily, they're not that scary. So taxes as a virtual assistant, my number one tip always, I tell everyone the Laptop Freedom Program is look at a tax, look for a tax professional. Tax professionals are like anywhere between 100 to 200 bucks once. And you're going to get thousands of dollars, you know, like you've made thousands of dollars as a virtual assistant. So it's a really low expense to get a total professional to do it. As a VA, what I want you to track is all the money coming in and all the expenses that you're paying. That's what you want to track so that if you get a tax professional, you can send them all the information. We also recommend that you kind of create a separate bank account. It doesn't have to be a business account. It can just be a second personal one and let all that money go in from your earnings from your clients. That's the one that's connected to your, your payment portal. That's the bank account that you pay all your expenses out of. And then your personal stuff doesn't get mixed and mingled into that as well. So that's when I, when we, let's not fear taxes. They're not that scary if you are keeping track of everything. And then you know to explain what you've earned and what your expenses are. Those are the two main, main things when it comes to taxes. The difference when you're a contractor, when you're working for yourself, is you have to pay taxes. You don't get money back, and this is why. When you work at a nine to five or you receive a paycheck, sometimes you'll notice on your paycheck or, or in the business, the company you're working with, that they have taken the taxes off already. And normally they take off more than they're gonna owe. And then that's why in April you get money back. And you're like, woohoo, I got money back at taxes. You're still paying taxes, you just don't see it happen. So that's the difference with when you're working for yourself is that you now pay taxes. But the great thing about tracking your expenses is that the government likes businesses. So they reward you for the expenses that you pay. So you'll say, hey, government, I earned this much. And you're like, oh, that was a lot. I'm going to owe a lot of taxes. And then the government's like, oh, but wait, we're going to subtract your expenses because, yay, you're in business. And so now we only tax you on this amount. And you're like, oh, that's great. <laughs> so what we always recommend to start just to be safe, especially because sometimes in one calendar tax year, you've worked your nine to five and you started your VA business, is put aside 30%. And you're probably not going to owe 30%, but that's a really, really awesome feeling when you've put aside 30% and then you go to submit your taxes and they're like, you owe less than 30 so taxes aren't scary when you're tracking how much you're bringing in and how much you're paying out for your business. And then I really, really recommend 100 to 200 bucks. You pay an accountant to do it. And then they're also like, they go to school for this kind of stuff. That's when they like calculate your mortgage and your student loans and your savings and your childcare and all of these things that make your taxes more and more complicated. So then the last thing we're going to talk about what the hell do you invest in when you do your virtual assistant business? Like I said, the expenses to start your business are pretty low. 
You need a laptop or a computer. We prefer laptops because then you can travel with them. Um, and for invoicing software, you can use a free one. You can use PayPal, but you know, if you want to, ha you know, I know some people are a fan of like HoneyBooks or something like that. You know, they've got like a monthly fee and then you get to decide if you want to invest in a program or not. And that is going to be different for every single person. For me, I needed it. I am someone who will not take myself to the gym. I have to have a personal trainer. Can I get an amen? <laughs> And so if you want to invest in a program to start your virtual assistant business, that's something that you get to calculate in as well. And again, you expense that. You will, you will expense that when you do your taxes. And the goal is that you earn back what you invested into your VA business. So that is, I really hope that that kind of helped tackle some of the financial fears about virtual assisting. Finances and like sex are the two things that makes the world go round and people hate talking about and people hate looking at or asking questions about it makes people nervous. But let me assure you that when you start to work for yourself as a virtual assistant, really seeing your finances, not letting them scare you and exploring and being curious about how it works is super, super important. So again, take inventory, sit down, map out all of your expenses. It might give you a shiver, but then trust that you know that you're going to be able to, you know, break even with your virtual assistant business when you do that math. Maybe you call some of your expenses. Maybe you keep your nine to five so that it's not such a dramatic jump and you have to really, really trust. Trust that you're gonna make that money back. Trust that you're gonna grow way faster as an online contractor than you could ever grow in some hierarchical corporate ladder. I always find that word hard to say. And then try, you know, get really kind of uh, fall in love with the possibilities of how much you can make. It's really like a crazy equation that's constantly moving. It makes it really fun. Maybe you start another online business. Isn't that cool? Once you start one, you kind of know how they all work. Taxes, don't be scared. You're going to have to pay taxes. And here's the thing, you're not gonna go to jail. You're not gonna go to jail. Worst case scenario, you're just gonna owe more what you missed next time. But you're not gonna go to jail unless you're like doing tax fraud and you're I don't know. I don't know who people who go to jail for tax fraud. And then decide what you want to invest in and trust what you're going to make that money back. So I hope that helped tackle those financial fears. Thank you for listening to the Wonderless VA podcast. I hope this episode and many more help you fulfill your VA dreams. To learn more about virtual assisting, you can find us on all the channels, including Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, and YouTube.